It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coffee and cream on Hale Varsity Radio with Andrew Rogers and Damon Benning. We are back, Coffee and Cream in the morning on Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Currency. Top of the hour, 8 a.m. DB was frozen on the screen there, but he's back. I was frozen? You were. Just like Elsa Ahmed? Nice. Yeah. Good, to, good, good tie I, back I, in, too. I went home and asked the expert. Hey. What are the princesses' names? What are those princesses' names? names that you're always singing? Elsa Anna. <laughs> First she said Moana. She has a little musical microphone. Moana is a great movie. Oh, great movie. Gosh, I hate agreeing with you. We're not going to do this thing like the rest of however We're long the we're same together. age. Well, yeah. <laughs> my, for sure. My Maybe emo- not on the outside, but on the inside. For sure my emotional deal. You know, I don't know. It's Shane is uh, making an effort to my man Troy Dumas who is um, all-encompassing. One of my favorite things about T-Doom is he's one of my – it's not few, but he's one of the former guys that is super measured and super level-headed. Like, he doesn't – he's very slow to go with hot takes. He likes to let things play out, and he's pretty measured. So he and I have had some fantastic conversations – Basically about life in general. Like, he's seriously... You spent a lot of time with him. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I told you the, the, the DV story in which I ultimately won. The other time that I've been arrested, he and I got into a huge fight. Really? Yeah. And your boy got <laughs> And he was the first one to come see me in the morning. Did he bail you out? Yeah. See that scar right here? You know how I got these scars? He did that. Troy did that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a scar? I thought it was a wrinkle. <laughs> no, that is eight of them. <laughs> I forgot he was left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Troy's on the phone. Troy, welcome to the show. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? <laughs> My dude, what's up, buddy? How you been, man? What's going on, man? Good to hear from you. Well, it's, how are you? First of all, can I just ask, how are you feeling health-wise? Are you good? We Can, 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 can I celebrate the fact that you're laughing and smiling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like an old man. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm 60, but I'm 50, but I'm walking and I'm breathing, so I'm good today. Hey, Life's good. good. Life is good. Let me ask you before we get into the nitty-gritty. How? So you're coaching. You, you love your kids. I know you love being a hubby and a dad. Knowing what you put your body through in football and how you feel now, you don't have any qualms coaching coaching your littles, do you? No, no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, 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 I tell them, I was like, you, you see, you see me now. I mean, is this something that you guys want to go through when you get older? And they was like, yep. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. But <laughs> what you should have done is you should have put it in slow mo in the in the Orange Bowl when 
you about got your larynx crushed and you're right. ble- you're bleeding out of your mouth and trying to fight to get back in the game and they're like okay see daddy's throat right now it's not good i'm i'm bleeding but i'm nuts so i want to go back out here and play <laughs> Well, I mean, they they seen the shoulder replacements and the knee replacements and all that, so they got a pretty good idea what they're getting into. That's awesome. Well, as people can tell, we are tra- talking to Troy Dumas, who is former Husker, Kansas City Chief, and St. Louis Ram. What was your time like playing in St. Louis? He's a St. Louis guy, too. Full disclosure, Troy. Uh, <laughs> my time there was short. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, I ended up uh, dislocating my shoulder and all that. I was on IR, then, uh, you know, it didn't work out. So, <laughs> let, dude, let me ask you something because I was explaining to to Andrew, you're kind of one of those guys, and I have kind of like that super small circle, right? You, TV, some of you guys that have kind of the similar temperaments. You're very slow to overreact. You're a little more measured. You kind of been through it, not a ton of hot takes. How are you watching this next wave of what's happened with Nebraska football post a guy that you played with and, and Mickey Joseph and the stretch run that he had? How are you kind of navigating your feelings? Uh, cautiously. As you put it, time around, you know, at the last, uh, the last group that came through there, I was super excited. I thought, you know, we finally got it. We got our hometown kid in there, and and he done robbed the place. So, (laughs) um, yeah, this next coaching staff, I'm I'm excited to see what they're gonna do, um, especially with the assistant coaches who uh, Rule's gonna bring in with with those guys, but. but yeah, it's cautious, man. Um, I don't want to get overly excited till we see what we're going to, what they're going to do offensively and defensively. When you're looking at assistance, we've had all these hot takes, right? Well, big enough name and recruiting prowess, and where have they been? And you know how our fan base is with knowing coaches' wives and kids and where they went to high school as assistants, right? What mm-hmm. what kind of coaches? Do what key ingredients? If you're in the lab and you're building an assistant coach, and he's just going to be name X, what are they good at with young people? Well, um, bringing the best out of them. Um, you know, knowing how to taking the the right angle to coach this kid. I mean, it's not you can't coach every kid the same. Oh, I agree. You know, um, so it, it's it's a matter of of being able to to read that kid and, and figure out what makes him tick. You know, and that that's been, I think that's been proven time in and time out. You know, if, if you can get coaches in there that can do that, you're going in the right direction. You know what it takes to play at the professional level and at the college level and the differentiation that comes between those levels. When, when you look at a guy like Matt Rule, somebody that uh, had a lot of success coaching at the college level and then did not have success coaching at the NFL, and now he's back in college, gets the job at Nebraska, but you right away had a divide 
in the fan base. A lot of people were like, yes, I love it. Great college coach. Others were like, he was horrible in the NFL. What makes him you know, a good coach again? What are your thoughts there of, of knowing uh, – you know, just the differences of college to the NFL and also when it comes to coaching that you know, with Matt Rule's strengths that he will be a good fit at Nebraska? Ah, great question. Well, I think, uh, well, you kind of got to read that to me again. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 basically, the, the keys and the difference between what it takes to be a good NFL coach and not using that as kind of a measuring stick versus what it takes to be a good college coach and how different those things are. Okay. Well, you know, I think they brought Rule in at Carolina because he's a, a organizer, rebuilder type. But, you know, you're, you're dealing with grown men at that level. The <laughs> schemes are a lot more complicated, um, you know, and and he didn't – he wasn't able to, to to bring that that building organizational skills that he had to fruition there. Um, you know, a lot of it's probably because of the scheme. I mean, uh, NFL teams spend what 10, 12, 15 hours a day <laughs> breaking down film, so it's not like you know the college level. And there's some things he was doing at that call. At, well, what when he was at Carolina, you know, that were college-based stuff that were, you know, that was easy to read for defenses to read, that kind of thing. But, you know, I kind of was kind of cautious because he, he, he was a failure in the league to an extent. But, you know, there is, there is a difference there. Um, so maybe he can be successful at Nebraska. We'll wait and see. And let me tell you – let me ask you something because I, I watched you go through it uh, uh, just being kind of this raw – super gifted athlete coming out of East, changing your body type a couple of times for position changes, right? Going from the third level to the second level. And mm -hmm. how, how important in your opinion is like, let's say strength and conditioning and vision in that versus all the other stuff we're talking about, like running veer or power or inside zone or, or G scheme or, or whatever. Like, how do you, where, where do you rank those in terms of you, you better start where first? Well, I mean, you, you know, it always starts in the weight room. <laughs> um, you know, I think any, any, any coach would agree with that. It, it but you have there. to be able to get you guys to buy in, though. Right? Like, you changed your body type how many times? Twice? Three? Yeah, twice. Twice. But, you know, that's, that, that's just me, though, wanting to – yeah, get on the field. <laughs> you know, I'm, not, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how everybody else felt, but that I wanted to get on the field, whether it was safety or linebacker or whatever. So I, I was gonna, I was willing to do whatever I needed to do to do that. Now I'm not sure everybody else feels like that. Can can you put together, you think, a strength and conditioning staff that is that? Because you, you said something I thought that was super key earlier. You said you can't coach everybody the same. And you also can't train everybody the same. Right. How, how important do you think experience and development is at Nebraska? Oh, very. I mean, 
we used to lead the country in that back in the early 80s, late 90s. I mean, that's uh, something we, we hung our hat on. So that's something we need to get back to doing. I'm not sure how uh, how they're going to do that. I mean, you know, with the new facilities and all that, that that might help, but they definitely need to get uh, somebody in there, strength coach wise, that uh, that can coach, you know, coach to lift weights. <laughs> We're speaking with Troy Dumas, former Husker, Kansas City Chief, and uh, I'm going to say this again: former St. Louis Ram. Stop it! And you can toss him a follow at Troy Dumas four on Twitter. Troy, help me out here. I'm going to transition here. Uh, a little bit more of a fun question, if if you will. Fill me in on some of DB's isms, because oh, I I've I've spent like a short amount of time with DB, and I, I've picked up on a few things. But you know, you being a roommate of him and uh, of his in college, and you know, uh, you you probably spend every waking you, you, moment you, with this he's, guy. He's been in both my weddings. Uh, what's something I should watch out for from this guy to it's my not, left that funny, could really Troy. throw me off on his personality? It's not funny, TD. Doom. No, I mean, he's a good he's a good dude to live with for the most part. You know, he, he would scuffle up every time from time to time, you know. Um I don't fight anymore. No, no, he grew up. He grew up quite a bit. I mean back then it's uh, it was challenging sometimes to be his friend. Oh. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, but for the most part, man, he he was quiet. He was a good dude to live with. He kept his, his area clean. Uh, he spent a lot of time on the phone. But, uh, talking to his mom that, or uh, talking to to a lady? Uh, you know, I was. Uh, yeah, listen, no, man. He was a good roommate for sure. I, I I appreciate that. Let me let, let me ask you one more thing before we let you get out of here. When you're <clears throat> you have uh, one of the things that I always admired about you was you have this uncanny ability to kind of be your own guy. You you always had your own convictions, what you believed in, how you wanted to live, and it didn't matter what all the other guys were doing or how popular it was or wasn't. Like you could just steady. Eddie, this thing, when you watch uh, former players and people say, oh, you know, they have too much influence or I'm sick of hearing from those guys or they do X, Y, and Z, you see it on social media. And I know sometimes you just chuckle. Sometimes you mm-hmm. sometimes you clap back. Do, do you look at us a certain way sometimes and shake your head or do you are you like, hey, to each his own? Like yeah. what's what's the ba- I mean, what's the balance for you? Um, Yeah. As long as you ain't hurting somebody else to each his own, <laughs> you know, and that, that's just, just how I how I live, you know. Uh, um, yeah, I was talking to my kids about this on Thanksgiving about, uh, you know, being a good person and, uh, mm. you know, how I, I don't. I don't necessarily go to church a lot, but I, I do believe in God and I do pray quite a bit. And, and I was telling them, hey, if, if you stick on the right path, treat people right, think good things will happen for you. So um, we don't necessarily have to get into what other people do. You're running your own race, so you do what you see fit. Mm. Troy, we appreciate you this morning. Thanks for joining the show, and uh, hopefully we can talk again soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. Doom, appreciate you, buddy. Be good. That was Troy Dumas. Love you, too. Later. 
at Troy Dumas four on Twitter. He's very uh, the cool thing about it. He's so measured, right? And you know we talk about like strength and conditioning in the weight room. And I remember with Coach Rule, very first thing we thought of who's in the strength and conditioning room, who's the dietitian, because I'm telling you, you can get into whether Donnie's coaching O-line or Knighton can recruit or can Cooper recruit, is he too old, young, or or mm-hmm. what Satterfield's history at, at directional Tennessee, whatever, in South Carolina. But at the end of the day, two things better be on lock. <laughs> Your strength and conditioning program and how you play up front. Outside of that, the rest is window dressing. I promise you. Football, ask Bama why they haven't been as successful relative to their own as they have been the past couple years. They're even as highly skilled as they are. They'll tell you. It feels good. (laughs) They'll tell you O-line, D-line, strength and conditioning. He has his priorities in check. I mean, that's how it's got to be. Like, when we got win from Bama and the strength and conditioning staff looked at the body type, but you knew why he wasn't playing at Alabama. And I'm not picking on win. I'm just saying, whatever, those guys spend so much time with you. And they have to know your body type. They have to be able to gauge, hey, what do we do? And then the other thing, and it's why I didn't always, I don't, I didn't enjoy a lot of the talk, well, you know, Duvall can't do this and Duvall can't do that. And it's not just because I like him as a person. I wasn't there enough to know that he should be criticized or not be criticized. What you don't know is how people feel about themselves emotionally. Because if you don't feel good about you and you're not confident and you're losing a ton of games, the strength and conditioning thing and the weight training, it's not going to be as – it's not going to be as prevalent because your psyche is bad. I'd argue that strength and conditioning is the most important coaching position in all sports, across sports. Outside of offensive line and football, I'm lock step with so you. So the reason I say all sports here, and I'm going to stick to this notion too, there were a lot of points that Troy brought up and a lot of points that you brought up just in that interview. And it's that desire to be better. That's for one. You have to mentally be there and say, I want to be better. And if you get stronger, if you get bigger, what does that lead to? You lead to being faster. You are physically stronger than your opponent, especially up front. Great importance. O-line, D-line, I'm with you there. No joke. I'm I'm all, all for you there. But you look at even basketball, you look at baseball, you want to hit the ball farther, you want to, you want to get up and down the floor uh, uh, and have right. your conditioning you're in check. The, it's, it's across the board. Strength and conditioning is the most important coaching position. I'll take it. I'll bring it even local for our folks here in Lincoln and, and soon to be other places. Two guys that I knew really, really well. Petway, Darren Petway, and Siobhan Shields. What were two things that they would do differently trying to make pro league rosters, whether it be overseas? You know, to a man, you know what each of them said? Strength and conditioning. Needed to be stronger, be able to lift weights, plyometrics, our core structure, getting pushed off the ball, being able to guard bigger, stronger guards, right? Where, and in basketball, what changed the game for Jordan? Strength training. Mm-hmm. What changed the game for Kobe? 
strength you can training. be quick you can what makes lebron skill? lebron strength training why can't anthony davis get over the hump strength, strength training. training so it's like i mean i'm with you yeah I mean, it, it takes a lot, too, because I was somebody that never put priority in the weight room, mm-hmm. which is why I never went on to play college baseball at a high as level. A, as a high schooler, everybody always asked me what period of life I would go back to, and people assume I would say college. Oh, it would be high school. No question. Why? Because I, I was a now. terrible weightlifter. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, did. I just didn't care. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't I'm, put I'm a lot of you. care into the weight room. I'm and, with you. You know, I remember in basketball games bouncing off of defenders that were bigger than me like a dang bouncy ball mm-hmm. because I didn't have the low center of gravity I needed in order to keep my balance. I was at a high school basketball – well, I'm always at a high school basketball game, but I like to watch different schools play, and that's how we can have any B preps with Jacob Padilla on Hell Varsity Radio. Shameless plug. Uh, not so shameless. <laughs> And I was sitting next to a guy that had a ton of success in high school. He's significantly older than me. He's in his 70s now. And uh, he has a grandson playing. And we were just watching games, and he was critiquing. And for as talented as he was, and he was a gifted, gifted basketball player, the one thing that he said when he was watching the game, he said, well, these guys need to get stronger. They just get pushed off the ball. They, they need to be stronger with the basketball. And I'm just thinking, you know what? It's spot on because you can tell. Typically, it turns into a grown person's league, whatever it is, whether it's hockey, whether it's uh, baseball. It, it's it's a grown person's league, and it doesn't matter what the level is. And my little guy, who you're gonna love, Micah, you know, he said we were at we were talking about a couple of different players because he's a big YouTube high school basketball guy, and he goes, you know, it's funny. The guys that you see have success. He said you don't see a lot of Lucas and guys like that dominating high school. They're always the quickest, mm-hmm. biggest guys. Like you don't. And I told him, I said, you know what? You're right. It's about development, skills, and Which how is a you huge piece and how you continue to evolve. With your mind and physically, it's not always the guy that has the most gifted early talents. It's the people that can play late later. And I'm just, that's definitely something that I hope stays with him. Because, I mean, he's looking at a couple of MVPs in Jokic and potential MVPs in Luka. And then he sees other guys that are a lot more explosive. Yeah, quicker. That don't yield the same results. Yeah, Luca, he looks like an out of shape basketball player every time he steps oh, on the floor. Uh, I get it. But people forget that Luca is also six seven. He's young. He's got that ability to maybe be a little bit overweight. If he is, I don't know. I don't know what his strength training is like. But every time he moves, he doesn't move very quick, as you were just saying there. He's not explosive to the basket. But what Luca can do is is play to his strengths, and his strengths are shooting the basketball and also beating defenders off the dribble, whether that's just one dribble, pull up here, step back here, or even getting to the rack. He may not be the fastest player getting to the basket, but because of his sheer size and because of his just, whether it's body weight or strength, whatever, like I said, I don't know how cut he is, Mm. uh, whatever it is, he can still find his way there because he put in the work in other areas of the game that he felt were necessary for his development early on. And it's weird. I know you you like hockey. I like hockey. You take a look at some of these guys in terms of 
being twitchy or change of direction or endurance. Basketball, I think it's understated. I think it's these sports, even soccer, which is highly skilled. The strength and conditioning component of it is so underappreciated. It's not even funny. You look at some of these opposing guys on skates and you're like, whoa, remember when it used to be a goon league? Yeah. yeah. Now those big guys are highly, highly skilled. That's why Liquid thinks that there's a Gretzky <laughs> on every Gretzky's. team. <laughs> I like it that you brought that back. Oh, stop it. <laughs> hey, let's keep the fun going. We're going to play a game next, a new game. We don't need you calling in here, but you'll have some fun back uh, listening on your dial. That's next.